What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. No, 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 no. Casino there. Revamped. Only sports podcast. (laughs) Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Season two, episode two, two in one week. This is, and last time we went fancy business banker. Today we went uh, hobos. So we're really showing the dichotomy. I grab the tie of- just in case. I <laughs> grab the tie just in case. And you know, we're, we we tried to to market to the the rich class last time. Now it's we're men of the people. Uh, yeah. As this podcast always has been, I'm wearing my sleep Dunder Mifflin shirt that has seen better days. I also have. I don't know if you can see it. I have a giant toothpaste on my neck because I have a giant pimple and it hurts. So this is the everyman casino and casino. You look, uh, you're wearing, you look like you just got back from the gym uh, with a backwards hat. Last week you looked debit or last episode. You look debonair today. You just look cool. Cool. You look gym chic, gym chic. Uh, I cannot hear you. I think you muted your microphone. <laughs> great uh, yes, start. One minute. No, no, I did mute my bar- microphone because as a great start, to always start. Uh, my dog's barking at the neighbor, um, <laughs> which is wonderful because, you know, the kid's napping and it's a great time. It's a great time to really be alive here. Uh, but it is a great time to be alive because if you didn't hear last week, football is back, guys. Football is back. I mean, it is back and it was it was bittersweet. But it was still nice to turn on ESPN on a Thursday night while I'm working. And it's a football game on TV as compared to like a televised national pillow fight. I mean, it's okay. I, I, I like the pillow that. fights. I watched the pillow fight thing, and that was pretty cool because they really it's got a, into it. Was it was kind of good. What made it good is how, it, how much they were into the actual pillow fighting. Like, it was great. Yeah. It was great. And I kind of, it's like some of this, because, you know, ESPN always does that. Now they're doing that, like, ESPN, the Ocho thing. Like, it's some every of the year, stuff beginning of August. I look forward to it. I know you don't, but I do. I like it, but there's also some shit where it's just like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, I don't, this isn't entertaining just because it's wacky. Right? Like, that's the whole thing. But I'll tell you what. Two things that I'm like, I want more of this on sports television. Pillow fight. And have you seen fucking Omega Ball? Oh, yeah. Omega Ball is, there's something there. Because that is fucking cool. I like Omega Ball. I will watch now Omega Ball and professional pillow fighting anytime it's on the one that The one that gets me, just because for some reason I go into a trance when I'm watching it, is the marble racing. Oh yeah, like, marble racing. Is, is there's for some reason I'm I'm just watching it, and all of a sudden, like I'm I'm off in a different world. And I marble racing is absolutely amazing. If you want to fuck ASMR, watch marble racing. <laughs> I guarantee it will put you to sleep, but in the best way. Me and my son, uh, we both got into marble racing during COVID, like right before NBA started. Like for some reason, marble oh, you racing. <laughs> You made this a family affair. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we would get into it and we would bet on it. And then they just hit a turn and then all of a sudden it, they shift everywhere. So when there was no true, sports true on Las Marble Vegan racing. Right there. True Las Vegas. 
teaching your child, your 10 year old child, how to play, uh, how to bet properly. Yeah. I mean, the casinos were still closed at that point. So it's not like we could go. This was in-house gambling, right? So, but we are back. Second show of the don't week. Worry. We don't are- worry. In-house gam- don't worry. In-house gambling is only going to get you, you know, a full season. So we're good. Oh, speaking of in-house gambling, uh, my big, like I've been in this league for, I think going on five years now. I finished second four times in a row in this fucking league. I've lost in the championship game. Last year, I did not make it to the championships. I made it to the semifinals. But the four years previous to that, always got to the championship game, lost every single time. And then last year, I came in like third or whatever. But we did our draft, uh, like draft positioning last night. And I am, well, we didn't do it the draft, just where you're going to draft. So you can like prepare or whatever. I am now in a 12 man league. I am pick number 12. So See, I don't I, like, I don't like the beginning like or the either. late picks. Give me the middles. Give me the middles. Yeah. I always want to be four, five or six. Four. Four. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. But and then, I, uh, the, the league that I'm going to be in this year and that I'm in every year where I got, I lost in the semis after that horrible thing where me and the, the leader of the league, we had a total of three losses the entire league, the entire season. And then the guy who made the playoffs at six and eight won the goddamn league by beating yeah. me out in the semis and beating him in the finals. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Anyway, that league, um, we do it as an auction draft. And so I like auction drafts more. I do. I love, yeah. I love the bid drafts. They're so much fun. Um, take, take this strategy. If you're doing a bid draft, it's always worked for me. I've never won. A season, but I've always gotten close. Well, again, I always get close, but then there's something stupid that happens, or I lose to the guy who's obviously just doing the same thing that I'm doing, but wins out. Is yeah. I typically, if you're just going with like the normal league, it's a PPR league. Get either two running backs and a wide receiver. Spend the majority of your money on them because you much rather have guaranteed points than ah, I hope this guy can perform. He's a mediocre guy, so. That's my well, little this, tidbit for fantasy. This we'll get year, to we'll speaking, get to Casino's fantasy corner this year. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, we're already in it. Technically, this is the first edition of Casino's fantasy corner in season two. But I'm white. <laughs> I'm looking at my I, face here. I don't like. Yeah, it. my face looks very red, but I think it's more the lighting in this room than it is me being tan. But I will say this year's. Uh, fantasy is going to be really interesting because usually you take high-end running backs first, but now everybody in the league has basically just been like, who gives a fuck about running backs? We're all just going to have four and like rotate. So now all of a sudden it shifts to, you know, you see the mock drafts or whatever. It's like Justin Jefferson one, uh, maybe Christian McCaffrey two, and then it's kind of just like, it goes up in the air. It's like, do you want Travis Kelsey? Do you want Mahomes? Like, how high are you taking those ones? And yeah, my wife's show me your boobs right now. Thanks. <laughs> but uh, you want to show them on the camera? She said no. So, but uh, on that note, uh, tit for tat, we can start our second episode of this week where we are talking, we talked about the NFC South last episode. Now we're doing AFC South. And 
Let's start with the team that played last night, Casino. Let's start with the Texans and their rookie quarterback, let's just say, not off to ideal start. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely not off to an ideal start for him. Uh, 50% completion. He threw four passes. He was two for four. He had an interception, which we both said right before we started this podcast was a bad interception um, to Jalen Mills. But, um, you know, they still got the W. They still got the W against my Pats. But (laughs) Uh, 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 I don't know. Whenever you see stuff like that, because it's always you always hear people like talk about when they played quarterback in the league or they were, you know, a big player and they're being interviewed about it. You always hear how it's like. Every game you go into, obviously you've been watching film all week and all that kind of stuff. It's like you have the first 15 plays, right, that are like set in stone. And it's like, we're going to do this to just get, this is what we think works against their defense, what they normally run. It'll get our guys in rhythm, blah, blah, blah. So it's always a bad sign to me, preseason or not, when it's those first couple plays that just go horribly, horribly wrong. And then you're just like, these are the ones they fucking practice and plan for specifically for right. this team. And like you said, he threw four passes. One of them was just a bad, bad interception. Again, we got to take this in consideration. It is preseason. Um, like pretty much the Patriots, they didn't have almost barely any starters out there. Yes, Jalen Mills was out there, got the interception. Uh, Folk was kicking. But there really wasn't much... Um, in the starting aspect for either team Um, everybody's just testing it out so again we don't we've talked about it on here before we don't really look into the preseason all that much Um, but then again as you said you always especially when somebody new to your organization you kind of want to see what they got you know test the waters here and out of Mills Keenum and uh, Stroud Stroud whatever um, Stroud yeah yeah he they he didn't play as much. He didn't have as many snaps, obviously, because I think you know they want him to be the starting quarterback. But do you think there is a little sign for concern or a little bit of an overreaction time? Do you think of him um, as quarterback, or do you think they might go with like a Keenum or a Mills? Well, I think because the rest of that game, I believe it was uh, Davis Mills. I said it last year. I didn't think well, he was Ke- the problem. Keenum had the most attempts. Keenan had the most attempts with 14 attempts, but time-wise, uh, I don't know who was out there longest. Yeah, but I, I said it last year. I actually kind of like how David Mills just, like, looked and kind of carried himself. Even on a bad team, he was putting up, like, numbers, and he was just nothing around him. He actually didn't look too bad. But then again, I, felt, I always felt the same way about Garner Minshew, and then when he went to a fucking stacked Eagles team. He just completely shit the bed. So it might just oh, be a, you look better than you actually are because you're on a shit team instead of the other way around. So, right. I mean, I the whole know. thing is, you know, with, with drafting, with, with the drafting Stroud, uh, they're, they want him to be the guy, you know, they, that's yeah. why they draft him. They, they want him to be the guy running, but week one is against the Baltimore Ravens. It's not an easy game. Like, that's going to be a really tough start for whichever quarterback. So, let me ask you this. Do you think, obviously, it's very early, uh, but just from what we've heard, you know, training camps, how they're approaching, the, te- the Texans are approaching um, the quarterback position. Do you think he's 
going to be the number one? And if you do think he's going to be the number one starting quarterback, do you think he has earned it over the other two? Or do you think the organization itself is just deciding, hey, we need to try something new. We need to put our best foot forward. Um, and what do you think? Uh, I think when you draft a guy, especially a quarterback, obviously, when you draft him within the top, what, 10 picks, I really think you just have to be like, you know what? We spent all this capital. We have a five-year window before we have to sign you to potentially a franchise-altering deal that takes all our money, a la what we've seen with all the other you know, fucking quarterbacks getting signed for hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's like you have a five-year window. I mean, let's, uh, this is a good segue where we can talk about what the Texans added in this off season, but uh, they fucking stacked up. Before we do that though, I mean, you know, as you said, the top 10 quarterback, yeah, you want to, you know, start him. I agree with you there, but also he's not just, yes, he didn't get the number one overall pick, but he, Still had, um, I have it all up right here, uh, number one in the FBS in points with uh, 45 per game. Uh, yards was 526 over the last past two seasons per game. Uh, he actually broke a record for the Big Ten, most passing touchdowns in a 10-year span in the Big Ten history uh, with 85. Like, the, Damn. the quarterback, he's a good quarterback, but again, yeah, can you take you don't always just go from college and then go straight into the NFL and be a good quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that aren't the best quarterbacks in college and, but they're better NFL quarterbacks. So I do agree with you. I think they do have to start him um, regardless of, you know, like Keenum and Mills, you know, having, having actual NFL experience and um, despite them wanting to try to turn this organization around. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm agreeing with you. But so if you want to continue now with, you know, what they've pulled in, you may yeah. do so. <laughs> well, yeah, you also, uh, so t- to talk about just, yeah, giving this rookie kind of like the best chance to win. So they signed a bunch of offensive pieces, including Keenum to be the backup, who obviously had that really great year with Minnesota. And then that was kind of, it was like, kind of like, a lesser version of Nick Foles, right? Where he just kind of got plugged into the perfect situation, led kind of had like this one season wonder kind of thing. Even Nick Foles was good for a couple seasons, but Case Keenum had that one big season and then kind of nothing since, right? So now he is presumably going to be probably potentially third string on this Texans team. Uh, behind Mill, yeah. obviously uh, uh, Stroud, who we're talking about, but they also signed Robert Woods from the uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams, Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys. They signed Noah Brown, who I don't know who that is. Sorry, they signed uh, Devin Singletary from the Bills. So they loaded up on. They also got Stephen Sims, and then in the draft, in the second and third round, they went center with Juice Scruggs from Penn State and then Nathaniel Dell from Houston. So, that so that's something offense. that I do want to touch on um, is is Juice Scruggs because I think he's going to be the starting center because they don't really have much of a center. Hmm. Um, but, and so, you know, that's going to be a little tough is you have not only a center quarter or uh, rookie quarterback, but a rookie center as well. I mean, they, they have decent outside pieces, but – you know, it's going to be a little bit 
different going yeah, be a little different uh when when you don't have a, a solid center and that might be the weak spot um yeah but, yeah, but you know, then go for it uh well maybe we just didn't uh talk enough about the texans outside of what they drafted or whatever i did not realize they had they got so many guys on defense who are like established established names they got jimmy oh, yeah. ward the safety from the Niners. They got Shaquille Griffin, the cornerback from the uh, Seahawks. They got Denzel Perryman. Then they got Hassan Ridgeway. Like those are four guys who over the past. And then they also drafted the uh, number three overall pick with uh, uh, the oh, Will Anderson. Rusher. Yeah. Will Anderson. Alabama. Yeah. So I didn't they, know. Did you, did you say him? Did, I may have not. No, no, I was just talking about the guys they signed in free agency. Oh, yeah. But then, and yeah, then... you bring up him. They also got the edge from TCU, and then they got uh, another safety in the seventh, so we probably won't see the and field. Then, but... And then the biggest thing out of all of that is they got all those pieces, but then they also got uh, Ryan's. Ryans. You know, well, I mean. Yeah, that's probably why they got Jimmy Ward. I mean, just coming over right. from there. I mean, so going from, you know, one of the – they were – Houston was the third worst defensive team last year. Um, they were last in points per game. Uh, just a whole bunch of. Or, yeah, Here, I have right. the I have the defense yeah, for it right down. Now. So last season in total defense, tight. they were twenty seventh. Passing, 27th. I was surprised by this. They were eleventh best against pass in uh, in pass defense in the oh, league okay. last year, which surprised me. But. Against the run, they were 32nd. So they could stop the pass, but you could run the rock on them. And then scoring defense, they were 27th. So like you're saying, it obviously makes sense for them to bring in a defensive-minded guy. But then you look at the offensive rankings, and they were 30th in total offense, 25th in uh, passing offense, 31st in rushing uh, offense, and then 27th in scoring offense. So not much better on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, they finished 3-13-1 last season, which is how they ended up with the number two pick. So do you like the higher casino of D'Amico Ryans as their new head coach? I love it. I think this is a great hire, especially not just – they didn't just hire a guy and be like, hey, come in and fix our shit. They hired a guy and brought in a lot of pieces with him to work with. They – they didn't just go grab the king. They also got the bishop. You know, the knight. They got they got all the pieces, not just little pawns. There's a chef's reference for you. Um, that was actually but, maybe the best thing you've ever said on this podcast. That was brilliant. Thank <laughs> you. And then I ruined it by pointing it out because you know I have to because I I shocked myself there. Um, no, but you know, it, it it's such a great hire. And um, when we get into our picks on this team, well, I'll just say it now. I. I think this team is going to probably finish second in the division. I really like mm. what they have done in the offseason. I like what they've picked up. Yes, there's a lot of green players, but then you also pulled in a lot of veterans with now some, you know, got a veteran coach in there as well. So I do like this team, and um, they're they're not going to be anywhere close, in my opinion, to probably catching the Jags, but um, I do like this team a lot, and I, I like what the pieces they brought in. And I think D'Amico Ryan's on defense is with the pieces that came in with him. 
he's gonna he's gonna show up. He's gonna definitely surprise some people with this defense this year. Now my you question can't, you can't get you can't get worse. <laughs> so I mean that's true. My question to you is the over under on the Texans this year, six and a half. Again, last year they won three games. That would mean they I would think, have I to think double their win total and add one. What is what man. do you think the record is, ends up being? I think they're a half a game more. I think they I think there's seven is the number. I think seven's the number. So you would go over. Yeah, I would go over by half a game. I think seven's mm. the number. I think I'm going under by half a game. I think I have them at really? six. Yeah. Well, then again, I, I do think that you and I have uh, different ideas of who's going to come out second in this division. So, yeah, we do. I think they finish third. I don't think I don't think they're going to be the worst team in this division because I think the worst team is going to end up being the Colts, who we can talk about next. But uh, as far as the Texans, they have the seventh easiest strength of schedule, which I think will obviously help in that favor of getting them to potentially seven wins. But with a new coach, uh, new coach, new quarterback, all these question marks, obviously we like all the, they maybe had like the most, one of the most underrated off seasons, just in terms of teams rebuilding almost from scratch into what appears to be like a infinitely better team than they had last year. I mean, but still, the question marks are, how do all the pieces fit together? Is C.J. Strout, can he translate from a great uh, college quarterback to an NFL quarterback? I mean, obviously, we got a small sample size of that last night, but we've both said preseason means basically nothing. So then it also becomes the thing of, we've seen great coordinators be head coaches, and something there just doesn't translate. So can D'Amico Ryans go, you know, the Mike Vrabel route where it's like he's an even better kind of head coach than he even was as a coordinator? So, I, I mean, uh, with what he did in San Francisco, I think people, when they talk about San Francisco, are really undervaluing how much D'Amico Ryans came in and, like, kind of reshaped that defense because everybody sure. thinks – Everybody thinks San Francisco is just going to go right back to what they were, but it's just like they lost basically the guy who built that defense. Kyle Shanahan, we know, is an offensive guru. I don't think he had shit to do with the defense. So, no, yeah, uh, but we'll get to them when we talk about the NFC West. Anything else to say about the Texans casino or can we move on to the Colts? We can move on. Uh, so we're going Colts next. All right. We, we are going Colts. Uh, so the Colts uh, are up next. They finished up let me pull this up right here they finished last season with a impressive four uh four wins 12 losses and one tie they had they had let's see in total offense they were 31st passing offense 23rd rush offense 23rd which is interesting when you consider jonathan taylor but we'll talk about him scoring they were 30th In total defense, they were 30th. Pass defense, they were 12th. Rush defense, they were 21st. And then scoring, they were also 30th. They have a new head coach in Shane Strickland. My Philadelphia Eagles uh, former offensive coordinator, now the head coach of the Colts. Uh, They also have a new offensive coordinator in Jim Bob Cooter, 
which might be the best name in sports history. It's in contention. Jim Bob's uh, Jim Bob Cooter. I mean, come on, Casino. That's that's a fucking win. That's a W right there. So they're Cooter, already starting. Yeah. <laughs> they're already starting the season with a dub. Uh, in terms of offseason, much less splashy than I would say the Texans were. They did, however, uh, use uh, or lose Ningagwe, the edge rusher. They lost Paris Campbell. They, ro- they lost uh, Rodney McLeod and then a uh, linebacker. But they kind of really didn't add any big names, kind of just backups, uh, including my former backup in Gardner Minshew. And then in the draft, they drafted with the number four overall pick, Anthony Richardson. So my question to you, Casino, is how do you think this season fares for a Colts team who have had a noisy offseason and are kind of still in the midst of it with, as I alluded to earlier, the whole Jonathan Taylor kind of fiasco going on right now? Um, this, this team is ready to implode even more in my opinion <laughs> uh you come in with they're definitely going to go with as you said you know within the top 10 you're getting the court in the position of quarterback you kind of have to start him like because you, you you're putting a lot of faith in picking that guy that early so richardson i think is going to get the start i don't know if i have the confidence in him with the pieces they have around and as you alluded to all the new faces that are coming into this team i just I don't feel confident about this team at, at all. Um, I don't know. To help the rookie quarterback, um, I don't know if the offensive line is going to be put up well enough for this um, for a rookie quarterback. Um, even though, as we were talking for like Houston, you know, center, they're probably going to put a center, uh, a rookie at center, but they are good on the pieces on the outside and, and like in the middle. So the offensive line is pretty pretty okay pretty all right but for this one i just i don't know i I don't think this team's gonna do well i think there's gonna be a lot of imploding and especially um if taylor say taylor does get the franchise tag and he he stays he doesn't want to be there you know he's not gonna bust his ass off he's gonna play that finish that season and go somewhere else i just i don't know man or he, I, I mean, like he it. might even just he might even just sit out at this point because it's he that could. weird going back and forth where they the Colts keep coming out like you know they do that leak thing where it's like oh we don't know who leaked it but it only benefits the team so you're clearly like somebody in the organization probably Jim Ursay's underling or whatever was like leak the story that Jonathan Taylor is actually hurt. And so that's right. why we're not doing it. So, and then Jonathan Taylor's like, I'm not hurt. But then I'm you not, see reports. Yeah, you see reports on ESPN where it's like, oh, yeah, he's at a medical facility off site, like getting some work done. And you're just like, I don't know what I don't know what to believe at this point. But also, obviously, Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. But with this O-line, with this team, you still ended last season as the 23rd best rushing team in the league so when it is now a league that doesn't pay running backs you have a 24 star running back but it's not really helping your team I don't get why you would spend a lot of money to kind of keep that guy like yes he's young and you can probably trade him for something but I don't get the 
he's your star player at the moment, but only kind of because you were such a dumpster fire last year. So uh, if you were if you were the management, what would you do? Would you try to offload him onto a team and just make a whole bunch of space for him, you know, get some picks back for him and try to do a, a full rebuild? Or why or would you keep on, you know, through the franchise, keep him because he's the only good thing on the team currently, but knowing that you're not gonna you're not gonna win the division, you're not gonna make the playoffs, you know, what would you do in this situation? Because for me, I would I would get rid of him. I would find the best offer, and I would start a true rebuild um, instead of just wasting his talent. Well, I also uh, I agree with you, and I think because it's you're gonna, one of those because it's not like he needs to prove himself again. He's already proved himself. Teams want it. Yeah, teams will pay for him. Teams will give you things for him. So uh, I think it's time to to move off of him um, personally because it's not going to do you any good this season because you're not going to. You don't have any other pieces. You're going to finish last in this division. Yeah, oh, that's damn near guaranteed. Yeah. So why, why keep him? I agree with you. I think, and again, we talk about this all the time. It's not a necessity for a, a great team to have a great running back. But if you can get someone like Jonathan Taylor for, let's say, you know, we've seen star wide receivers go for a fourth round pick. If somebody's offering you a third round pick for Jonathan Taylor and then maybe like some pieces or some backup guys, like why would you not try to trade him to a team like the Bills or like, uh, you know, the Ravens if they're going to be like those type of teams that feel like they're right on the edge and maybe just kind of missing that like extra piece. So those and what's great about both those teams that you said is those are both quarterbacks that will run the ball because they don't have much of a run game and they like to run the ball and do the quarterback, but you can protect them by getting a decent running back, getting a good running back. And, you know, so they don't have to do the brunt of the running um, to help the offense out and, you know, lower the injury rate. Yeah. And I just think, uh, like you said, the Colts are going to be a dumpster fire this year. Their over under is shocking to me. It is 6.5. No, Who in that's, the it's, fuck it's thinks this four, team's going to win seven? I think it's four at best. <laughs> I I completely agree. I think they're in contention to be a top five draft uh, pick in next year's draft. And it's just like, show me their schedule and just find me the seven wins. Because even if yeah. they split with everybody probably but the Jaguars in their division, that's three wins right now. So where's their other four wins coming from? No fucking way. That seems like one of the easiest unders of all day. Also, what is your opinion on Anthony Richardson? Because you look at him in college and the thing with him is he's very, he's one of the most athletic quarterbacks like already, right? That's true. He's Justin Fields-esque where it's like, might not be the best passer, but He's so athletic, he can just get shit done. And that's what he did at Florida. But you look at his Florida stats and nothing about it really jumps off the uh, the page. Because, no. I mean, passing, he was 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 2,500 yards. And then rushing, where you would think he would have crazy numbers, it he doesn't. So it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, how do you, how do you view – uh, just him coming into the league and potentially being a day one starter. 
So day one starter scares me, but they don't really have much else. Um, they want to move with this guy. They want to move forward again. They picked him high. You got to go with the guys that you pick high. Um, and I, I don't, and you're saying that, you know, people are expecting him to come in and be like Justin Fields ask until I see it in the NFL. I don't believe it because again, you going from college to the NFL, you could be the best player and then be the worst or be the worst player than be the best. It, it all depends. And, you know, a great, a great thought of that is look at Tom Brady. You know, he didn't get much time when he was in college as a starter comes in the NFL. He got lucky with Bledsoe getting hurt and he's good. But then you have like the quarterbacks, Johnny Manziel, like all these other Baker Mayfield, all these top quarterbacks picks coming in and supposed to be like game changer quarterbacks and they're falling down. So, you know, you, you never know. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't think it's going to be good for the Colts. I think it's going to be bad, especially since his pass game is not that great and you have to rely on the run game. You know, at this point, if I was Richardson, I would be praying on my knees nightly that they they get a deal with Taylor and and, and keep him. So Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's – and also that's probably the reason why they won't trade away Jonathan Taylor. Also, the – uh, thing we addressed but haven't really talked about in this instance is they did get Shane Steichen, who was the former Eagles uh, offensive coordinator. And the Eagles last year, their whole offense was RPOs, quarterback draws, you know, using kind of that running game to get the quarterback going. I mean, okay. I don't think Anthony Richardson. That's totally fair. you got a good point <laughs> yeah. there. But then again, the Eagles had an offensive line. The That's, Colts yes. don't have an offensive line. At least yes. definitely not to the to, to the part what the Eagles have. So, you know, it, it's totally different. You can draw up all the schemes that you want, but if you don't have the pieces to make those plays happen, shit's not going to happen. It doesn't matter. True. And I will say, I think I underplayed his rushing a little. In 12 games last year, on only 103 attempts, he had 654 rushing yards and nine touchdowns. So okay, it's pretty, that's right. pretty, that's pretty damn good. Uh, but again, like you said, behind a subpar offensive line uh, with, uh, you know, a running back and then kind of nobody on the outside, right? Like name a Colts wide receiver. It's just Michael Pittman, right? Like that's it. And then their tight end. I don't know who it is. So it's like, they ha- kind of have this no name offense, no name defense, and then this one rookie who is pro- who is probably drafted too high, but you can say that about almost every quarterback now, right? Because they're always overvalued in the draft. So it's like new everything, kind of no big names or big like personalities popping out at you in terms of personality, like you know, like a Mika Parkin, uh, Mika Parsons, where it's like great player and you know him because he's like a larger than life personality, right? The Colts yeah, kind of just that, feel like- And also that the, the media doesn't stop saying his name. They say it about a hundred <laughs> times per fucking game. Yeah. But- I mean, he, yeah, the... he was in every single category of the fucking willies for crying out loud. Like I, and that, and that was just fan voted on. We didn't even put that list together. So right. they wanted him in every category. But yeah, so when it comes to the Colts, they literally just feel like kind of one of those teams- that's kind of off to the side. And then you're just like, oh yeah, the Colts are the NFL. Like they kind of just feel like that 
uh, I will be in, I will be watching Colts games just to see what Anthony Richardson can do. And it might be the Justin Fields thing of last year where the Bears were always close in games and then Justin Fields would do some crazy fucking pass or run for 80 yards and they would get really close and then they'd still lose by 10 and you'd be like, that was fucking entertaining at least. Like, I think that's as high of ceiling as the Colts can be. Six and a half, or yeah, six and a half is fucking crazy. I'm going, if that was three and a half, I feel like I would be like, uh, I'd be struggling to even pick over on that. Also, consider your Oh, there you go. You're back. Uh, so oh, I let's... didn't know I went anywhere. I didn't move. <laughs> uh, but let's hop over now to the Titans, who they finish the season. Oops, I forgot to pull that up. They finished the season seven and ten, second in the division, uh, two games back of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are projected to be a seven and a half win team. Just right off the bat, over or under for the Titans, seven and a half. Uh, under. See, I feel like I would go over because I feel like this has eight win team written all over it. Like, See, and this is where I'm it. different. I'm thinking that they're more of a seven win team. And I'm thinking the Houston's more of like a seven, eight win team. And I'm thinking this team's more of a seven win team. It's going to be close, but I do think Houston's going to take them. I do think it'll be a much closer race than obviously it was last year, but the Titans this year, they have the ninth easiest strength of schedule. They got the, uh, a new offensive coordinator in Tim Kelly, who was their pass game coordinator last season, which sounds uh, good because there's consistency there until you realize that their total offense last year ranked 28th in the league. Their pass offense was 30th. So he was pass game coordinating a 30th ranked pass offense. <clears throat> they had the 13th ranked rush offense with obviously King Henry. They had, they were 15th in the league in scoring. And then on the defensive side, they were the 15th ranked defense, which sounds good until you realize they were 32nd in the league, dead last against the pass number one against the run. So that total defense at being at 15 really skews what they actually were. And then they were 15th in scoring. So you could pass on this team. You could kind of score on this team. You could just not run against this team. So I think we just looking at stats, it's one of those things where you overrate the defense based on the numbers, but I would much rather have my team be dead in the middle on both categories than dead last in one category and first in the other. Right. Like that just seems like a, a thing where it's like, oh, we can't run against this team. Luckily, we can pass for 400 yards against them. Like that doesn't seem like a good, uh, even great defense. Uh, and then obviously their big offseason transaction was the uh, act. Uh, they DeAndre acquired Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Will Levis in the draft. So same questions with Anthony Richardson. I think Will Levis has bust written all over him. Thoughts all on Will over Levis? him. No, totally. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he's meant to be an NFL quarterback. I think he's going to be a, a true bust. Um, 
really, I don't have much else to say on that. I, I truly just think it's just a gut feeling, I guess. I don't, I don't think he's going to be do well. Yeah. In the NFL. I think, I think the things that are going for Anthony Richardson is he's a big guy. He obviously has like that huge stature and he's super athletic. So he can get by on his athleticism, right? Will Levis almost the exact same size and then not as athletic. And then he also kind of seems like a douchebag, which I don't think translates well to the NFL with obviously you mentioned like Johnny Manziel. We've seen Baker have those same kind of issues. He, to me, feels like he falls in those categories way more than he does. Yeah. Like a Jalen Hurts or a Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, right? He just seems like he has that energy where it's like people on his team, I feel like will be annoyed with him. And again, that's all just pure speculation, but uh, I think we are both in agreement he will be a bust. But my question is, do you think he is a day one starter? No. I don't think so either. I think they're still going to ride it out with Tannehill. Tannehill. Right? I do as well. Uh, And my main reasons for thinking that they're going to ride out with Tannehill, at least right now, was because of the six-game suspension um, due to their uh, offensive line guy, uh, Nicholas, I can't remember his name, T.T. Petit. For Freer, yeah, that guy. I mean, uh, the, the one that. A good yeah, time. yeah. Again, I'm bad with names. <laughs> um, I hear, I've heard it plenty. I've, I've, you know, when when the suspensions came down for all the gambling, you know, I heard every single name said like a hundred times, but I still have trouble saying all their names. <laughs> um, so it's like, who's going to be starting at right tackle or uh, right guard for for the team? You know, uh, I don't know. Um, they've got a couple options. Uh, with Daniel. Uh, Run skill, and then they acquired somebody first round pick, Peter uh, Skoronsky. So I don't know. Um, that offensive line is going to be a little weaker. And again, so you say you're agreeing with me that they're probably going to go Tan Hill. Okay, that's fine. But look what I mean, Tan Hill, yes, he has another weapon. He has DeAndre Hopkins, who barely ever drops the ball. If the ball's thrown to him and it's within his range, he's going to catch it. So that might help Tannehill out a bit, but it's still Ryan Tannehill. Like, yeah, he's shown nothing, nothing in this league that he's going to be a top tier quarterback. And it almost like seems like he gets worse every year. So how much can Derrick Henry handle? How much can he handle, continue and still get beat up, beat up? I feel like he's dropped off just a little bit. Not much. He's still a, a tank. Um, and then you bring in DeAndre Hopkins, which should help, you know, open up that offense a little bit more, but I don't know if I trust Tannehill. And that's one of my biggest reasons why I think I still have this team. And I know they were really good. Like last year, they started off seven and three, and then they lost the last 10 games in a row. Um, that was a big, uh-oh, and then let the Jacksonville come in. Um, but I feel like they're going to start the season where they ended the season last year, and they're going to struggle to start winning some games. I completely agree with everything you just said, especially, especially, well, when you talk about uh, Ryan Tannehill, I mean, obviously last year he only played 12 games, but his peak was in 2020. So he had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions that year, almost uh, 4,000 yards and a 66% completion percentage. The next year he 
played the same amount of game, or he played one extra game through 12 less touchdowns and doubled his interception rate. And then last year, he only threw 13 touchdowns, six interceptions. So you can see him year after year, the past three, just get slightly worse, slightly worse, bad. And then this year, we're just expecting a bounce back. I mean, this could be, obviously, you always see this kind of thing where it's like, a uh, quarterback that's maybe struggling a little or not reaching his full potential, bam, you get him digs. And now all of a sudden Josh Allen is, you know, the Josh Allen we know he is now. But when it comes to Tannehill, if he's already hit his peak and then it is like we've already seen the slight decline, I don't know how good a wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins will be to a aging quarterback who's past his prime and then again we always talk every year where and we talked about this last season where it's like Derrick Henry was still great but he was just a little bit less great than he usually is so now another year another season after he rushed for over 400 attempts or whatever it's like running backs have the shortest lifespan in the NFL for this reason, because they take so many hits and Derrick right. Henry just and, probably takes more hits than anybody. You like, know, and, and, and to kind of touch on him taking so many hits. I mean, that team led last year with a uh, league high of 34 players on IR. This team, as long that was a lot of people saying, it's like, oh, if they stayed healthy, they were going to be good and in going into the playoffs. I think we even said it at some point, um, you know, if they're able to get some pieces back, they'd be okay. But then again, like, those injuries will add up over time. Say yes, they're all a hundred percent to go this year, right? Everybody that was injured that's still on the team is ready to go. You're still gonna have a little bit of flare up. Like, you know, that whenever you get injured, like say, you know, I I hurt my arm, you know, last season playing baseball, it's all fixed up, but it's not gonna be as a hundred percent as it was. So you know, that also worries me. This team needs to stay healthy this year to have a chance to become out second in the, in the division and fight for a playoff spot. Again, I don't think they're going to – it's going to be like last year where they're fighting for, you know, fighting for that last spot. But I don't think they're they're going to be able to get the playoffs if they can't. You know, obviously they got to stay healthy because if they start having what they had last year where they just keep getting injured and injured again, this team will implode. And, again, I don't think – Tannehill and and company, even though I love Vrabel and I think he's a great coach. I do as well. It's, yeah. It's 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 tough to overcome. You know, it's tough to overcome a whole bunch of injuries and basically change your entire team midseason. So um yeah. yeah, that's my worry for them. And that's why I just feel like with all the new pieces coming in for the Texans, I I like them better. I feel like it's gonna revamp a lot of those players like I want to be here. I want to. I want to play with this franchise that's been bad for a handful of years plus. Um, and Tennessee hasn't been bad, but I think feel like Tennessee's like trying to hold on to the rope still. And I feel like Houston's actually like grabbed the rope and we're ready to climb. We're ready to do this. So that's where I'm yeah. at. That's why I think I differ with you. Um, in who's coming well, out second, who's coming third. Well, my uh, last question to you, and then we can move on to the last team in this division, because I have a hard out in about like 15 minutes, but, and I want to give ample time to talk about the 
best team in this division by far, which is the Jags. But the last little bit on the Titans here is I think I value them more than I do the Texans specifically this year, just because of how much I trust uh, Vrabel as a coach, right? Like uh, when we talked about D'Amico Ryans, it's still up in the air. If he's going to be a great head coach, we already know he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, but obviously we just said it doesn't always translate over to head coaching. But when it comes to Vrabel, I trust him enough to get this team you know, to play uh, better than what they should be playing as. That's kind of been this whole Titans thing. Like even, you know, even last year when they had the worst passing offense or passing defense in a league built on having the best passing offense, they were still right in it till the last like three weeks for this division. So I wouldn't put money on it. I wouldn't bet on them being an eight-win team, but I feel like I would bet money on them finishing second in this division just for Vrabel alone. But that leads to my last question about them, and then we can move to the Jaguars. Do How many playoff teams do you think come out of this division? Because I honestly, I just think it's one. Okay, so we're in one. agreement there. Yeah, I do think and, that the, I do think the Texans and 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 the Titans are going to basically level out right the same spot. Um, they'll probably be fighting both, fighting for a playoff spot. But I think there's better teams in the AFC to uh, to trump them for that third spot. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They finished first last year with a nine and eight record. Going into this season, they have the 12th easiest schedule. They only really lost Marvin Jones Jr., the wide receiver. They they re-signed their tight end, uh, Ingram. They lost uh, their starting tackle, but then replaced him in the first round with tackle Anton Harrison. Uh, And then last year, in total offense, they were 10th passing yards or passing offense. They were 10th. Rush offense, they were 14th. Scoring offense, they were 12th. Defense on the other side, they were 12th total in defense, 28th against the pass, 12th against the rush, and then 12th uh, in terms of or in scoring. So, Casino, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're over under going into the season is nine and a half. Over under. Uh, I'm going to go over because I think they beat up on their division pretty good. Uh, I think legitimately this Jaguars team has a shot to be a 12, 13 win team. I think they smash that over. I will lit- I'm literally going to put money that they're over because I don't. See oh no. So that means that means way. they're going to be under because going <laughs> off of BJ's gambling. <laughs> I just think that number is, is crazy. Nine and a half wins. They were nine and eight last year. And what did they get worse in? They literally got better, and that game in the playoffs against the Chargers was like one of those games where you're like, I can 100% see how this translates to next year. Like the only the only thing they could that I see posing a problem is is both their left and right tackle. Um, it's going to be new this year for for both positions on this team. So uh, we'll we'll see how that works out. But then again, I do like Trevor Lawrence um we've talked about how much we we like this kid um and here's a crazy as i was just reading before we started the show i'm trying to do a little research on it this blew my mind uh so lawrence pass rating this is going from uh cbs 
Lawrence.com. I don't know who uh, who wrote this article, but um, Lawrence's pass rating going from year uh, from 2021 to 2022 went from 71.9 to 95.2. And that's the largest increase in NFL history for any quarterback who threw at least 400 passes in each of their first two seasons. It's the largest increase pass passer rating from a number one pick from year one to two since Terry Bradshaw. That's Jesus. absolutely insane. Um, yeah. Well, you continue. I'm going to look up who wrote this because give them credit for that research. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's, that's a crazy stat. It's also one uh, of by, those uh, things. Jordan, Jordan, uh, D-A-J-A-N-I. Uh, um, he's, he's the one who put this out, but uh, yeah. So that's an absolute, that's insane. That's really, really good. And again, I didn't feel like they changed too many pieces last year from 2021 to 2022, obviously, you know, a little couple pieces here and there, but it was the coach, you know, they got rid of the, the cancerous coach and got got a new coach in there and that looked like to be the biggest thing for them so um there is a dark i i have i have lawrence as a dark horse to be an mvp this year uh i i kind of agree with that i really do think that especially in the division they're in like we just talked about like i think they can they always lose what like this is one of those those divisions where like all like the other teams kind of beat up on each other right like the Jaguars have that weird thing where they've never won or they haven't won in Indianapolis in like a decade or something like that like I won or read one of those weird stats or maybe it might be the Colts have never won or haven't won in Jacksonville in 10 years I don't know but this is one of those weird divisions but they go four and two in this division and then yeah, I could see them winning, again, eight games out of division just because they're that good. I mean, they had basically top 10 offense, top 10 defense, and got some kind of unlucky breaks around the way. And they were still kind of everybody's pick going into the playoffs as like a dark horse AFC team. I really think it was just a year too early. And now people who are jumping on the bandwagon of like the Lions, I feel like the Lions are what the team, the Jaguars actually are, but everybody thinks the Lions are going to be. To me, the Jaguars just feel like they had top 10 offense, a top 10, a top 12 defense last year. They didn't really lose anybody, any uh, buddy. And then they had that great playoff game against the Chargers. They have a great head coach, the former Eagles head coach, Doug Peterson, who I just think is great with the, progression of quarterbacks and this does kind of feel like a little 2016 2017 eagles kind of thing where it's like maybe they're a year away but then they kind of catch fire they have this electric quarterback great defense great offense and then they kind of just emerge halfway through the season as you know one of the favorites in the afc obviously you have the chiefs they they could easily start off this year with with not saying their first six games, but you can almost pencil them in for a six and zero. Maybe you give them a five and one against their division. Yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, we're both in agreement on that. And then yeah, you look at the their twelfth easiest schedule. I mean, there nothing in their schedule really jumps out as like, oh, this is a brutal stretch. So it's one of those things where I just think it's all lining up 
for the Jaguars to, again, in the NFC, they might be in contention to be one of the two best teams. In the AFC, they're still going to be in the top five for best team in the league. But yeah, I could easily see Jacksonville versus if, you know, obviously no freak injuries or anything like that, but Jacksonville versus Kansas city in the AFC championship game. Like, I don't think that would be shocking to anybody like, uh, but all right, casino, anything else just, uh, you have to say about anybody in the, uh, AFC South before we, uh, I head feel out like here? we cover that pretty good. Yeah. And we will be back on, Monday to talk about, I believe it was the AFC or the AFC and NFC. No, it's an, and we got the North. NFC next, right? It's the NFC North. I think we we're going to talk about on Monday and then next or on Tuesday. I mean, and then next Friday we will be yes. So on Tuesday we'll be talking about the NFC North. On Friday we'll be talking about the AFC North next week and. Yeah, we'll keep if there's any sports stories that are uh, current, we will talk about them on the yeah. show and but confirm NFC North. Other than that, uh, you got anything else before we head out of here, Casino? Nope, nope, not at all. Um, Night Dog's about to start barking at the train going by, so yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, this has been the Only Sports Podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Tuesday, and uh, yeah, adios. Bye.